Yeah, it's prose in quotes, uh, where essentially it's like, well, how do I do this without falling on my face? Um, I'll just write a monologue. <laughs> I enjoyed your chapter so much that it took me uh, weeks to realize you had duped us. Good evening, friends and neighbors, uh, and welcome to Oh Shit Vampires, the Exquisite Corpse novella and podcast. I'm Clint Gage. I am Evan Gaston. And we are, uh, you know what? We're chuffed. I'll say it. We're chuffed that we're uh, a couple episodes into this and you, you're, you're still still here listening. Yeah, we're so excited that uh, we just wanted to take a quick break from all of the uh, the writers and the guests to just get back to the two of us and, and check in with you guys. <laughs> yeah, how are you doing? How's everybody? Yeah, this is also the point in uh, Oshid Vampire's The Novel, uh, chapter eight, where we wanted to jump back in and write another chapter uh, ourselves, which was always kind of part of the plan. Mm-hmm. We wanted to make sure, because we started with some specific sort of thematic goals, uh, narratively, we weren't super concerned with where the story went so long as it sort of stayed focused on the original intent of, uh, you know, of the idea to begin with. Um, and so chapter eight was a good spot for us to jump back in and do a uh, course correction is probably too strong a word. We really didn't have to. I think, you know, everybody was doing, we had, we had three writers before this who, who, uh, just as if you're still with us, you saw it, they, they did exceptional work. Um, and right. so this sort of gave us a chance, uh, to lean into some of the character development and getting, getting those, those themes back front and center. And it also was, a allowed for, uh, an extra week or two of, of schedule arranging because we called in favors <laughs> right. from so many talented, uh, hardworking people that it wasn't just like, uh, you could say, Hey, write this and they'd do it right away. Everybody needed some time. Yeah, it turns out everybody everybody's got other other things. They got it's other wild. shit. Wild. Yeah, guess so. So this this chapter was fun for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, finally got to get our hands on the Camaro oh. after truly introduced That's the true. fact that Clem that Clem is a Camaro gal uh, in in chapter five. Um, it was nice to be able to uh, to talk about to type the word Camaro even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also Silas just showed up. Silas was a, a new character that the other writers, uh, came up with. And so to kind of, uh, get into Silas as a character, give him some backstory. And to, uh, to, to, you know, make sure that we established a little contrast between him and Clem so that we didn't just have all of our, our main characters be the same, the same sounding board, which would right. be less, less of a fun version of the story we're trying to tell. Yeah. Yeah, so there's there's some some fun stuff that we that we got to dig into with chapter eight. Ironically, the <laughs> the funny thing about us doing that with chapter eight is that chapter nine mm-hmm. does the complete opposite um, in an impossibly fun way. Um, so we're we're gonna listen to chapter eight, and then we're gonna go straight into bringing in the writer of chapter nine, Rob Kirkovich. Evan, how would you describe the work that Rob did in chapter nine? I won't because I, it's so good that uh, let's let's not totally overlook chapter eight. Let's listen to that and enjoy it, and then let's just dive into what the gift that Rob gave us. That was a trap that I laid for you, and you you sidestepped it admirably. Thank you so much. Good work. Here is chapter eight 
of Oh Shit Vampires. There are a few more people we need to pick up on the way to D.C., Silas says, hopping into the passenger seat. You sure you want to take my car, then? How small are these people? Even as I speak, I realize how quickly Silas has taken control of the situation. I have to hand it to him on the approach front. I felt sure he was an adversary, maybe even a murderer. So as soon as he dropped a couple of lines about liking my work, the pendulum swung so far in the other direction that I'm suddenly on a road trip with the guy. And now he's asking if he can bring friends. Before he gets a tighter grip on the reins and gives away any more of my almost non-existent backseat, I decide to push back a little. I'd rather not, thanks. What? He seems genuinely surprised, which I find annoying. We're on a mission to take down a dangerous, blood-sucking movement, and you don't want reinforcements? You know what? Let's start there. I say, now fully turned toward his seat, straining against the seatbelt I put on too hastily. I'm writing about a vampire in the Senate. I'm trying to tell the story of how Ken was murdered, not just by vampires, but vampires with a cause. How does that fit into your hunting scheme? Silas looks like he's been expecting this question, again putting me at ease despite my intention to stay on guard. I've been a vampire hunter for almost 20 years. Started in high school after they got a teacher I really liked. His stare drifts out the passenger side window, back towards the diner, and I guess his tragic past? When he comes back to my Camaro in the here and now, his tone is dramatic. When they found Mr. McClanahan, drained and dead in shop class, well, that led to years of amateur vigilante shit. I almost died probably Ten times. He turns back around to look at me again, apparently done letting me know how much he loved Mr. McClanahan. Eventually, I learned that it's not about finding a vampire coffin and jamming a three-foot stake through it. It's about finding them and putting them on blast. I'm a little confused. The words make sense, but not coming from the man sitting next to me with his wild eyes shadowed under the brim of his hat. So, you're a vampire doxer? Now his nodding is almost prideful. So many of these fuckers tried to live ordinary lives and then casually suck people dry when no one's looking. We think they just creep at night, but they can drive cars with tinted windows, park underground, and go enjoy their day job. One minute, she's the quiet girl from work who keeps her head down. The next, she's draining some poor fuck behind the dumpster because he decided to put in some overtime and work too late. I figured a few vampires tried to play it off like they were everyday, still-alive people, but Silas makes it sound like they're everywhere. My mind starts reeling, thinking of all the ordinary people who I've never seen in direct sunlight. How many of those weirdos can I trust now? Yeah, okay, I get all that, I say, trying to regain some authority in the conversation. What's that have to do with me? And this whole mission you think you've got cooked up? 
I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Silas says, his words and cockeyed smile saying he's not buying my shot at controlling the situation. I can dox a vampire to a few text threads and a Facebook group or two. You can actually write and publish an article. What? You don't have a blog that can get retweeted? Of course I have a blog, but it's a burner. You've got actual credentials, a track record. You check out, he says, with a respect that borders on weird flirting. It's an obvious point, if I'd let myself get there. I might not have a platform with any reach, but my paper's been around for 150 years. It's not out of the realm of possibility a bigger publication picks up a story. It's not out of the realm of possibility a bigger publication picks up a story. If I do it right. The entire vampire issue has clearly reached a new level. Vampires are bad is in a position that carries any weight. And it even gets rejected in a lot of groups. As of yesterday, you can't even come to the Senate floor waving the vampires are bad banner because a sitting senator will take umbrage with that statement. Half of the rest of them are a bunch of vampire apologists who will tell you that being mean to a pair of fangs is, at minimum, just as bad as that pair of fangs ripping holes in your flesh. Instead, we now have to show why vampires are bad. Feasting on the blood of the living isn't enough. We also need to point out how they're crafty liars, skilled at towing a line of plausible deniability so that when they finally do kill an innocent shop teacher who only wanted to spark an interest in woodworking in his students, nobody does anything about it. Wait, when did I get sad about Mr. McClanahan too? Okay, I respond, not sure if it's an appropriate response to whatever was said last. Not sure how Carp will respond to an anti-vamp story, but we can cross that bridge when we get there. Who are we picking up? Silas smiles like a pompous asshole, which I'm more and more certain he is. My buddy Jeff, who lives in Vermont. He's a photographer by day and a vamp hater by night. Or also by day. Depends on when he's on Twitter. He's essentially just a vampire troll who loves fighting the other trolls. Sounds like a real charmer. He lived in his parents' basement? No, ma'am. He made like four million in five hours trading Bitcoin. He's got a mansion now and it's fucking outrageous. Pretty much a ski resort. He makes most of his money taking glamour shots of fancy furniture staged in his own house. I feel like I hate this Jeff guy a lot but I know jealousy is a driving force in that sentiment, so I'm going to try to hold back. Great, I muster. Who else? Elise, Silas answers, shifting a little in his chair and suddenly breaking eye contact. She's in Minneapolis. I roll my eyes hard enough to pull a muscle in my cheek. This prick is making me a shenanigan chauffeur. Ah... I see. Sneaking in a girlfriend who just happens to live a thousand miles out of the way? Girlfriend? God, no, Silas says, a renewed earnest in his tone. Elise and I know each other online, and only barely, like, enough that I definitely trust her. 
Trust her to do what? To be cool, he answers, not playing it cool. What? What are you not telling me? He shifts again, then looks me dead in the eyes and holds my gaze for a very long beat. Elise is a vampire. Chapter 8. It's a fun ending. It's a fun ending. Um, It's a new, it's a real new, it makes it closer to home. Our whole like uh, vampires for assholes. What does it mean on an interpersonal level? Uh, So I felt, I felt like that was a, that was a a fun, a fun little step forward that we took. And then the first line that, that we left for the writer of chapter nine, Rob Kirk. But you know, you know what? No, I, let's You're right. just, You're I mean, right. let's just let's, bring him in, right? Let's just get right. Let's, let's get not these horses, but our friend's horse's mouth. Rob, thank you so much for being here uh, on Oh Shit Vampires, the novella and podcast. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. You don't have to That's lie true. about it. That's great. <laughs> That's, was that, I really meant it. <laughs> Good. From the bottom, from the bottom of my heart. From all parts of the heart, from just the bottom. I uh, I'm glad that you you are happy to be here because my very first and and possibly only question for you, I guess we'll see how your answer goes. But did you have fun writing this? Oh, okay. I didn't know. This yeah, no. Like, I, there I'm was a pause there, and I there was a pause there, and I felt like I needed to clarify. But did you have fun? I was like writing this. during what time period of my life? <laughs> sometimes there have been so few. Sometime in the past, I just look in the webcam uh, reflection here, and I just see someone standing behind me with a pistol. <laughs> just one last question for you, Rob. Did you have, did you have fun? fun? Um, yes, writing this thing. Oh, hell yeah. Um, nice. I was very honored. Thank you guys for uh, uh, including me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a big. Uh, I never really wrote anything uh, prosy before. Is that a? Is that a? Prosy's term? right. Yeah, absolutely. Is that like a sure. Lit- yeah. Anything with a Y is sure. a word. Mm-hmm. Prosy uh, or or prose adjacent. Prose uh, fiction. Fiction mm-hmm. is another word I feel like people throw out when discussing books. Um. <laughs> right. So like you hear at coffee um, shops all the time, people working on, I'm working on my next fiction. Yeah. When I go into Barnes and Noble to buy tiny Star Wars toys and I uh-huh. walk past those shelves, some of them say fiction on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it was nice to be a part of that. I'm sure this is where are we at on the Barnes and Noble uh, bestseller list so far. Did we get, did we top it yet? So far right now, as we're recording this before we've released it. Um, yeah. I, how's it doing? How's it doing numbers wise? It's gonna be it's about, so, it's fine. It's gonna be so fun. Okay. To find out. It's yeah. just because, you guys said that you know the royalties would start coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're on the look, yeah. that always takes a while because um uh don't worry well, about it. You know how you know how fuzzy accounting gets uh with Yeah, yeah, and I trust you guys. So, you guys both seem sure. like trustworthy, especially now. Yeah. Really right. good lawyers in low for these us. trying times. But yeah. you you had oh. fun writing it though. Oh oh yeah, back yeah. Um <laughs> It was great. I was going to make a facial hair joke. Um, it was uh, <laughs> great. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I definitely cheated, obviously. I. Uh, oh, God, I'm chapter... glad you said so, because I was going to really lay into you. You yeah, did not I, well, that was my opening a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's prose and quotes, uh, where essentially it's like, well, how do I do this without falling on my face? Um, I'll just write a monologue. 
Uh, and so that was <laughs> how that started. So um, let me let me ask. You're writing the monologue, um, which we're about to we're about to let everybody yeah, gonna listen, listen to, to it, and they're going to love it so much. Um, oh, your fear. Your the main reason you did that. You were worried about the 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 writing style of the prose. And not as much yeah, the exquisite I mean, corpse format, because that's another thing that you evaded with um, with your particular <laughs> style of writing the chapter. <laughs> I actually forgot about that part. Um, <laughs> Clearly. There was that element as well. Um, honestly, like, I think it was more the fear of fucking up the grammar of like... <laughs> Got you know, it. like does the comma, I'm, not, I'm pretty sure the comma goes yeah. here, but then when you put punctuation within the sentence, if you want the sentence to keep going after the punctuation, like, can you even mm. do that? Like that kind of shit. Uh, I was oh, like, man. nope. Um, but um, that, that is pretty yeah. great though. I mean, that's, that's a really, really sound move in, in a lot of ways. Just being like, there's, there's a real chance I'm going to screw this up. So I'm going to take away all of the rules that I'm yeah. likely to break. And and I enjoyed your I enjoyed your chapter so much that it took me uh, weeks to realize you had duped us and, um, yeah. and just not followed the rules. <laughs> so, Can we listen so to it? Thoroughly, we... so thoroughly charmed by this chapter. It took like the w- I think it was finally getting the next one in that I looked back at yours and I was like, oh god damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but let's, yeah, um, let's yeah let's, let's do it right to, now. To, uh, to oh, okay, this chapter. great. Here comes uh, chapter nine by Rob Kirkovich. I wonder what my mom would have said about a road trip with a vampire. It probably wouldn't have been too dissimilar to what she said about my 2008 road trip to Lollapalooza. All I know for sure is that I'm exhausted. The whole making friends with a vampire conversation will have to wait. I pull over to the side of the road and inform Silas he'll be driving for a while, then collapse into the passenger seat. I bunch up my cardigan and stuff it between my head and the passenger window. Then I let the sweet smell of my months old root beer air freshener guide me to Naptown population me December 20th 1773 dearest Agatha my beloved I pray this correspondence finds you well by the time this letter reaches you it will be the height of butter churning season and your beautiful porcelain hands will be marred by rough nubules brought on by that cursed churning thingy. Would that I could kiss them away! But alas, my lips, and indeed the remainder of my body, are still in Boston, working with the Sons of Liberty to conjure up new ways to disrupt the craven laws and proclamations of the nefarious British Empire. But lo, my sweet butter maiden, I must tell you of a most wonderful and peculiar thing that occurred just yesterday eve. At the behest of Samuel Adams, myself and about thirty to a hundred and thirty able-bodied patriots, enacted a plan that would once and for all send those redcoats a message. The colonies will no longer line their coffers with coin earned from our hard work and willful genocide of indigenous peoples. We are calling it the Bostonian Tea Kerfuffle, a moniker that I'm sure will be scrawled in history texts for centuries to come. In the dead of night, we disguised ourselves as Mohawk Indians to prove that we aligned ourselves with America and totally not to deflect blame upon a group of individuals who would be easily vilified. We then secretly boarded several ships docked in Boston Harbor and proceeded to, as Benjamin Franklin would say, tear shit up. 
But believe me, O oh Lady Lard, when I say that what was thought to be a swift smash-and-grab operation turned into three grueling hours of breaking open crates and dumping their dried, leafy contents into the briny and urine-saturated depths of the harbor. It is at this point in my tale that things go a little sideways. It was nearing the end of our daring raid, and some of my compatriots had started to tire, cardio not being a main priority of many men of the age, the difficulty presented by recreationally running in shoes with no traction and heavy buckles is often too much for the standard 19-year-old father of five to overcome. But I digress. While many of my brothers-in-arms were catching their breath and scrawling selfies of one another, I hauled a rather large and oddly heavy crate to the side of the deck. At the time, I took no notice of the words stenciled on the side of that cursed box. Care of the Carpathian Mountains. Also, not tea. But I must admit that I was really feeling the snuff at that point, and my dilated eyes were not seeing clearly. Regardless, I smashed the side of the container with my tomahawk, splintering wood as I tipped its contents into the murky waters below. But t'was not tea that spilled forth. Instead, a large grip of black earth rained down, splashing hither and thither. Along with the dirt, was what can only be described as a human-sized raisin wearing pants. Two arms, two legs, a head, but all desiccated, charcoal gray, and as wrinkled as your ancient twenty-four-year-old face. Just before the body hit the dark water, I saw two eyes flash open like rubies, and a croaking, confused voice screamed out, The fuck? Thinking I had just unwittingly murdered an elderly person, again, I spared not a moment, and dove into the pissy blackness. My hands flailed against the icy void until I felt an arm with the texture of tree bark. Using my expert swimming skills from the old muscle-clutching days, I hauled the poor creature to shore. His face still bore an expression of absolute perplexity, as if he had just been awoken from an extremely deep sleep. I introduced myself and received no response. I waved my hand in front of his face, and it must have been the sight of the pulsing veins in my wrist. But that fiend suddenly came to and clutched my arm with lightning speed. He pulled me in close and swiftly put his mouth on my neck like a Frenchman. But I'm not French, I started to say, yet the words never left my mouth. I was overcome with euphoria. A soft glow perpetrated itself along the frame of my vision. I felt warm and a raging erection had introduced itself to the inside of my trousers. When I looked back down at my assailant, some of his crinkly skin had smoothed. He appeared younger, more vibrant. Without a word, he slid a razor-sharp fingernail along his bare chest, releasing a fount of inky blood. Drink, he said, in a voice tinged with honey, and live forever. Now again... I must reiterate that the snuff was really on top of me. I was flying high as a gull. Did drinking a strange prune man's black blood while it burbled up from his chest seem like a bad idea? Absolutely. Did I do it without really hesitating? Guilty as charged. Anyway, I'm a vampire now. At least, that's what Edmund called me. Edmund is my strange new friend. He also has informed me that he is my master now, which is not what I was expecting when I left the house yesterday morning. But alas, the winds of fate are gusty and unpredictable, 
Edmund and I spent the rest of the evening wandering the streets of Boston as I introduced him to his new homeland. Occasionally, he would stop to kill and eat a minority. And while he admitted that America was not his intended destination, he seemed immediately enamored with our shores. Perhaps it was the feeling of possibility. Maybe it was being awoken from a centuries-long slumber by the sight of dozens of rubes who had been whipped into a frenzy by someone much richer than them, who was, of course, nowhere to be seen. Whatever the reason, Edmund started to mutter, almost to himself, a plan of action. Something about biding his time. I can't be quite sure what he's planning, as every time I inquire, he lashes out and breaks my spine, which then immediately heals itself. I must conclude my letter to you now, sweet Agatha, and inform you that I will never see you or the children again. Edmund has great plans for this land, and given that I am a patriot first and foremost, I must follow, no matter the cost to my soul or the bloodstains that are quickly accruing on my favorite smock. Perhaps one day I shall return, and you will look up from the churning thingy to see your beloved standing before you, framed in the soft New England moonlight. And on that day, I will look back at you, and smile, and probably kill you. Okay, so so my first, it's, again, very funny. Uh, cannot stress that enough. Um, top top marks on comedy. I, and so I guess the first question I, I want to ask about the the sentence that you started with because every writer started with the chapter the previous chapter and a sentence that the previous chapter's author wrote for them. In your case, it was I wonder what my mom would have said about a road trip with a vampire. Mm-hmm. Was there anything about that line that you were just like, no thanks? Yeah, I mean, I ignored the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you even <laughs> forgot to record it. I I, uh, I had to record it for you. I mean. Here's the deal. Uh, I think it's a combination of a couple things. If this is where this, if this questioning is leading to, uh, where why did I do this? Um, so, so I think I think I had first of all one factor is I had recently read Salem's Lot. I can't remember when you guys asked me to do this, but it was 2007, a while ago. Yeah, yeah. Pandemic was happening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah. So, so I think I was just finishing Salem's Lot as the pandemic was starting. So it was, that's not great. I don't recommend that <laughs> reading that book uh, or many books during a pandemic, anything that will make you think about the, you know, existential horrors in the world. Um, so I kind of had vampires in the brain. So then it was kind of like very um, serendipitous that, that Evan wrote to me. And then, and I think when Evan told me the idea about sort of like, you know, it's going to be vampires are in the government and no one's doing anything about it. <laughs> um, I just immediately, my brain just started cranking on before you guys had sent me anything about the prior chapter or anything. It was just like, well, how did this happen? How did we get here? You know, I'd been thinking about the history of vampires from Salem's Lot. And so I just thought it'd be fun to uh, take a swing at like world building, a world I had nothing to do with creating. <laughs> Well, but now you have. Yeah, I know. So it just seemed like it'd be a fun, uh, a fun curveball. Well, I yeah, and I I remember I remember reading it and getting it like you know 
just cruising through it, the first uh, the first couple paragraphs here, first couple sentences are, are normal. And then it gets to the line, uh, Naptown population me. And I think I probably audibly said, oh, God damn it. <laughs> like, it Wait, did I just, write that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's that was great. the last it's thing so you good. wrote in modern day talk before you yeah. dove into 1773. And then December 20th, 1773. So like the just, it, oh, which is. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. So remind, so, okay, guys, remind me. So <laughs> did, cause we just listened to it, but peek behind the curtain. I didn't hear anything. It, that took three seconds, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, right. Uh, we can did also I actually, around. did I link it to, did I do modern time for a second before I did the just, letter? Yeah, you just had for to. A second. That yeah. was the only rule so, you didn't break, is that you uh, at least allowed for the last chapter to have existed. Um, at yeah, least I got, transitioned. We got yeah. two small paragraphs out of you in the current no, day before great. you went, before okay, it right. became but, yeah, Bob's. You, that's a great reminder. I should, yeah, I should have was, actually looked at this before we uh, I don't think so. I think this is better. No, I think this is this is It's all good great. radio. Yeah. I mean, setting up that it took place in 1773 around like american independence was that that was part of the thing too like let's go all the way back to the start of the country i think because i was just thinking about like you know i was thinking about the gop and what's what it's become and all this stuff and sort of like what could in this alternate history what are these like roots and the idea that nowadays everyone's you know i think the the extreme right is you know, dubbing themselves patriots and stuff like that. I think that started to sink in of like, what can I like satirize where these people think that they're, you know, what if they, what if they, what if they were literally patriots? <laughs> what if they were literally started as um, people who were part of the tea party or people that, you know, sort of contributed to American independence and then that it kind of that it happened adjacent to those events, right? So yeah. they could kind of like glom on to that as a excuse, and so that's sort of where that uh, where that came from. No, that that's great, and and I mean as much yeah. as 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 we want to, you know, give you a hard time about breaking the exquisite corpse rules or whatever. Like it it honestly fits in really well, and that that line of thinking that you were just talking about, like is is it works with everything else that we were doing. Like this, the chapter only really stands out because like, because I guess she's also dreaming this somehow. Right. No, I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted the to only... crossfade. I just wanted <laughs> yeah, to cross exactly. in my mind. It crossfaded. And now it's like, now time to fill in the corners, you know, like <laughs> let's do a prequel episode. Kind of a thing. So she's taking a nap in the car and unrelatedly, the book is, we, is now talking about. Yeah, a, we the you guys know presenting this, the an old letter. We the reader now uh, are getting a glimpse into the roots of of how this all happened. Got it. Okay. Like, what was the first vampire who set foot on on the shores of America, and what started this journey that eventually landed them uh, as uh, elected officials? It really is. So it is. It is such a good subtext. I it, you talking about like if they you know the the actual being uh, patriots and i'm thinking of like you know the um, blue line flags that are like purposefully ripped up and tattered because they just wish they just want to have been part of a war hundreds and hundreds of years ago exactly. <laughs> just like so they're like they're like smearing mud on their flags and like i mean like, they literally they fucking they stormed the capital they stormed the capital and we're saying things like this is for the good of the country <laughs> they're like breaking in <laughs> the doors of a government building. Uh, so, and, and also just the lunacy of, you know, what I loved about the idea so much. And I think the idea is what kickstarted my idea is 
which makes it such a fun thing to collaborate with you guys, which is the um, the premise itself is so smart and so cutting. You know, it's the it's the next evolution of Trump being like, I would shoot a guy in Times Square and, and it would be fine. It's like, I could kill, I could be a vampire and it'd be fine. <laughs> yes. um, and the excuses that people will spin out uh, to justify it. So, you know, it's just, it was all kind of rooted in that and where would that have come from and what did some of those people, what would they kind of uh, hold up as, you know, something like a like a feather in the cap of the nation's uh, history. So, yeah, I, I like to think that that your guy here, he might have also written the Second Amendment about vampires. Right. Like a couple a couple years after this, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. And he's got, you know, and I think part of it, too, is just the I was also just thinking about the Boston Tea Party, too, and like. How it probably, you know, I was kind of reading about it to get ready for this thing. You know, a bunch of people got like whipped up into a frenzy by rich people who are not there, not present for it. And uh, that was a lot of the American Revolution. So, yeah, that was just made sense. It's like, that was a lot of, a lot of, I think, like the 1400s through today, I think. Yeah. Is, yeah. That's the thing. Is that's, rich people I think whipping, was, whipping other people into a frenzy yeah, and, and just not again, being around like, for, for what happens yeah. next. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't have to be present for this, right? I'm just going to get the people to yeah. do the thing. That no, I'm just going to make you, and weird. I'm just going to make yeah. you think it's your idea and then I'll yeah, be exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and the idea that there's like, you know, at some certain point, some sinister presence showed up because you know what part of also, and, and, and it's almost a straight off rip off. Straight off ripoff? A straight ripoff. Sure. I'm ripping my, myself off. Um, <laughs> no, it's a ripoff of, um, of Dracula. There's like a, I'm pretty sure there's like a chunk of Dracula in the book that suddenly is letters from the ship that brought, that's bringing Dracula over. Yeah. Most um, of the, right. the whole book actually is, is based, it's, it's like, what is, what's the word? Epistolary or something like that? I can't Is the whole book exactly. letters? I can't remember. It's, it's a combination of letters and journal. The, the conceit is that uh, Harkness, after all of the events of Dracula, like went back and researched everything that happened and assembled this Got it. Okay. Like, definitive story. And some of it's letters, some of it's journal entries, some of it's, you know. Well, it's also a great part in the Coppola movie where you see like, you see, it's like Anthony yeah. Hopkins is like reading the voice of the captain. Right. But, you know, it's just talking about how those... Something's going on in the boat. Um, <laughs> yeah. We keep losing crew members. I don't uh, know. I found another dead body. And then there's yeah, like two like, other guys that I just can't find. So um, There's like a green mist that seems to be floating around the sails. I'm sure that's fine. Um, so much blood. I've, I don't think we I've, had this much blood on the decks when we left. Well, I think in the movie you see like, yeah, you see like, Bat Gary Oldman be like, and yeah, you yeah. See like there's like a like wolf like splattering yeah. blood oh, yeah. all over the sails. Yeah, yeah. Saw a wolf today rip Larry apart. Um, <laughs> we don't know what that Andes. means. Yeah, I don't know. What the, anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, that was also obviously uh, an inspiration to that, that sort of the idea of the letter talking about this whole graphic situation of um, of this, you know, how how the evil moved from one place to the next. No, it's, it's great. And, and like that all helps with the world building and, and it, it fleshes out like the backstory of this, this entire world, but also the, the language that you use and like the, it's so, so wonderfully like non-specific old, old timey like And it's, it's so fun. And, and there's an all caps, the fuck right in the middle of it. Yeah. Delightful. Similar to how I feel like I'm not actually a good actor because I just end up being myself 
in whatever I do. Um, it's similar, I think, with the with writing. Um, most things, especially if they take place in another time period or another like in like a fantasy realm or whatever, mm-hmm. it's like everyone's still gonna say the fuck. <laughs> exactly. I can't be bothered to be, uh, you know, any kind of like historically accurate dialogue. That's not. That's no. not who I am. Let Robert <laughs> Eggers do that shit. I'm exactly. Everybody's gonna say the fuck, and yeah. you're all gonna go there with me. Are you ready? It's funny. I'm doing. I'm currently doing a. a a Twitch uh, role-playing game uh, thing for this uh, company called The Glass Cannon, and we're doing a HP Lovecraft RPG that we're, like, playing and then recording it, and then it goes up on Twitch or whatever, and it's split-screen so you can see us acting and stuff. And everyone is doing such a great job of acting very much like people in the 1920s, except for old <laughs> Kirky, who's <laughs> definitely saying the fuck a lot, definitely doing a lot of, like... Come on, man. What do you want us to do? Get in some kind of, you know, a fucking jalopy? You know, whatever. <laughs> Give me that goddamn Tommy gun, for fuck's sake. We're going you know, back down to Muscatani or some shit? Like, yeah, what, exactly. what the hell? It's, yeah. I'm like, I don't jive with that turkey. <laughs> um, it's shit like that. So right. I just think it's fun. I think it's fun to watch stuff like that where, you know, the characters are not, you know, to them, they sounded normal. You're also, uh, you're also currently watching this on Twitch. So like what like the idea of being uh, oh like yeah somehow absorbed in a different time while you're watching something on Twitch it's just like come on I mean cool. yeah to be fair I don't think we're not, we're not on the West End <laughs> yeah, yeah no, no one's yeah. I don't think anyone's giving me shit for it um, yeah, yeah yeah but it's definitely a choice that I clearly made <laughs> um, <laughs> never just... unmake no matter what yeah um, um, don't have enough brain cells. Speaking of choices that, that you made, I, I got one other question for you, and it's about the chap the um, the first line of the next chapter that you left for the subsequent writer. For some reason, combos only taste good when you're on a road trip. Yeah, is the sentence that you left for the next writer to to spin off their chapter with. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Okay. Please unpack it for us. Then. <laughs> I mean, where do I begin? The subtext of the combo itself. What is inside something else? You know a softer center to a harder shell, you know, the, 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 the salty, the sweet, the nausea, uh-huh. you know, I feel like that's, that speaks more to the human condition of when you eat too many of them. And you also, you know, anyway, there's a lot, if you didn't get it, I can't help you uh, <laughs> with it. Uh, no, it was just like, in my mind, it was like, there was this flashback and now we're back on the road trip. Um, and we've just advanced forward a little bit to where they've stopped at a, a rest stop to, load up on snacks and keep the adventure going yeah no it's it's great because you you did a little at the front of the chapter with like here's here's where clem is at in the road trip she's going to take a nap and then i'm going to go off and do my own thing but you guys get back to work exactly <laughs> but anyway my work is done yeah. uh, see you guys later. you guys you guys yeah. get combos i'm out i didn't know to be fair to me i didn't know uh that there were these rules <laughs> maybe Let's blame Evan, really, because I don't know how much he outlined to me. So much is done. I walked away with, and 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 this is obviously I'm a very reliable narrator because I didn't even remember I wrote a fucking modern day part of this chapter. So, <laughs> but I tell you what I don't remember is being given any parameters right. on what to do. So, dear it's, listener, it, and let me also like it, I'm not I'm not complaining about it at all. That's part of this. Well, the one like one of the wonderful things about this project is like how differently every writer has treated 
like the the idea of an exquisite corpse and like some people well, i would just, imagine i very have... much want to take this one idea and i want to set this other idea up and people have been disappointed that their ideas didn't get carried through or that some so i mean was there anything that you put in here that you wanted somebody to pick up with pick up on no not really <laughs> i mean yeah. i didn't you know i i feel like I, i've never read one of these before so i don't know how hard it is to really synergize everything at the end of the day like, did you guys have to go back and edit certain things just just in the interest of, like, making some goddamn sense? A little bit. But the main thing we did is we, like, we broke exquisite corpse rules because normally it's like you get one line and nothing else. And we gave every, yeah. everybody the previous chapter and, like, the first two chapters. And we went in and wrote in between our chapters so that when people just started messing things up we could we could like right you could kind of get it back on track a little bit because we didn't want to lose sight of at least the theme well and that was and i think that was part of it too is is for me you know the collaboration part's awesome obviously um just from doing bunches and bunches of improv the idea of like walking in and like just dropping something and seeing where the next people take that is really fun so so that part of it I, i really respond to and i also was i guess i was just also nervous i didn't want to like fuck anything up with where <laughs> the story was going and, and all this stuff. It's like, it's easier for me to like, well, let me just, you know, fill in some, some gaps here. And it, I'm pretty sure if I go back, you know, several hundred years, I'm not going to fuck with the timeline of this story. <laughs> um, other than to at least like, let's establish a little bit of what's, uh, of what's gone on in the past here. And I don't know, there's just something about anytime I've gotten into horror or anything like that or like with it, a lot of it's very stephen king obviously but like with it you know it's like in it when they go to the library and they like they're looking through newspapers and suddenly you see fucking pennywise from like a hundred years ago in the newspaper clipping of whatever um just those moments in any kind of horror when you look back and you're like oh, actually this has been going on for this many years or this is how it happened without you know answering too many questions or being too specific because then you take some of the fun out of out of it not that this is a horror book, obviously, but well, I guess it's got elements. You got vampires. Right? Yeah, I mean, we we have vampires, and there is a, a lot of uh, a lot of violence in two of the chapters. Yeah, so you got so you yeah, go. you're you're checking off the horror thing. Sure, all the genres to go back in time on vampire books is is the ultimate because those yeah. motherfuckers can't die. You know, I mean, what yeah. what you've done more than anything is open the door for prequels. Uh, now we're not just beholden to sequels. Like we can do prequels now. Like what? Yeah. Now you the, can do the Yellowstone the, thing. The where you're civil, like, oh, exactly. now this is back when the when Sam Elliott buy was that around ranch? And, and homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, if they just, I mean, why shoot it in New Zealand? You know. Um, <laughs> thank you again so much for for writing this. It was it's yeah, a man. really fun chapter in the book. I'm really happy that you did it. Um, Thanks, guys. I'm honored that you asked me to to read the um, that there was an epilogue. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's an exciting, exciting treat. Stick around yeah, through the rest cool of the chapters. See. Yeah. Oh, did I just ruin that? Cut that. No, out. not at all. No, no, no. Yeah. Keep it. Keep it. Little I didn't realize the order. It? Are we keeping it? A little tickle tease. It's a little tickle tease. No, <laughs> there's an epilogue. Whatever. Some books have epilogues. Some books have <laughs> epilogues. That's <laughs> not don't a lose spoiler about it. I don't know yeah. what's in the epilogue. Take it easy. Yeah, just come at, you come at me in the comments yet again. Something to blame Evan for. I didn't know the, the the order that people would be ingesting this media. I didn't know it was going to be a chapter at a time. <laughs> then you get to listen to the behind the scenes. Then you keep. I'd going. get upset with you, but I I also keep messing that up. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, we don't know that for sure either. No. Um, okay, well, now we, cut that before, part out. Yeah, before <laughs> each one of these, we're like, is this going to be like, are they going to be by themselves or should we pair it with some? Well, I don't know. Let's just see. It's fine. This well, is I just love that you guys even, It doesn't matter. I love that you guys even like did this. Like what a fun project, especially when you guys, you know, started reaching out to everybody. It was obviously during a time where I think everyone was looking for something to do, some creative outlets and, uh, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but for me, you know, getting to, to work in a format that I never done before, uh, was really fun and exciting. And, you know, it was just something I obviously, uh, I needed at the time. And it was great also to do the, the VO, which was really cool. Another thing that I don't feel like I get a chance to do enough and to, to play around with that and hit my head against the desk, trying to pick like, oh, this take is better because I said that this inflection on this and now I fucking redo it, just shit, fuck <laughs> That kind of fun stuff. The yeah, it's like you had a great blast. time. <laughs> That's a, that yeah. is a blast. <laughs>